This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Let's talk about something else that's real scary. Your ICBC bill. Now, ICBC is bringing out a new rate structure. It kicks in on September 1st, which is this Sunday. And the way this works is ICBC says your new ICBC premium will more accurately reflect your risk profile. So if you are a bad driver, you will pay more. If you are a good driver, you will conceivably pay less. Makes sense, right? Let's check in now with the opposition. Peter Millibar is the BC Liberal critic. Uh, I'm very pleased to welcome him. Hi, Peter. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me on. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. What do you think about these changes at ICBC? Well, you know, a whole lot of smoke and mirrors. This is the only time I've I've heard where everyone is going to magically save money. Uh, ICBC is not going to be in any financial ruin as a result of this, and in fact, they're going to be on stable footing. Um, you know, something has to give, and so it's time for for uh, David Eby. It's time for Premier Horgan to be a little more uh, forthcoming with who's actually going to pay more and how much how punitive it'll actually be, is particularly to younger drivers, but not just younger drivers individually, but younger drivers seeking employment. Their employer will now have to pay significantly more if they're required to drive for that job. Um, if you live in a household, as we know in Metro Vancouver, a great many people are living longer in their parents' homes, uh, trying to afford a down payment or rents to be able to move out. Um, using that family car just made that household a lot more expensive. Um, and so there's there's going to be a whole lot of pain around, and instead of, of getting an, an honest answer right now, we're hearing that, oh, don't worry, um, everyone's going to pay less. It just simply does not oh, No, up. they're not saying that. They're not saying everyone's going to pay less. They're saying if you're a bad driver, um, you'll pay maybe more, and if you're a good driver, you might pay less. But they did have a, a rate increase kick in of 6.3% which might gobble up a lot of the savings. So you might end up paying actually more, but maybe just maybe just less more. Yeah, I, I mean, they've raised rates 15% in the first two years uh, of this government. They've uh, still lost about $2.5 billion. I, I acknowledge they are trying to get things, uh, um, you know, in in line, uh, just as we yeah. were doing. That's why we commissioned the report in 2016 that, that was on Minister Eby's desk in July of 2017 from Ernst Young, arm's length. Um, so, you know, people have been trying. I guess what I'm objecting to right now is is the characterization, and, and we're seeing that, that people renewing, um, we're seeing more people saving than we thought uh, uh, we're going to be saving at some point that the math simply does not add up. And so, um, you know, we need to get a better understanding of how much more people are actually going to be paying um, and, and yeah. how it's truly going to impact things like employers. Uh, things yeah. like declaring the extra driver. If you're a, if you're a, a middle-income family with in your 40s and you have 16 to 20-year-olds driving or 25-year-olds driving, um, your insurance rates are going to change uh, dramatically. If you're that same employer, that's a pretty big age group because, remember, it's the worst or the least experienced driver that's going to impact that rate the highest. Yeah, right, and right. So I, if you're an employer and you have someone that's 25 or 20 or 21 years old driving, um, do you still want them driving in that fleet or not? And if you do, uh, what's that cost impact going to be, especially if you're something like a Lord Co. Auto Parts store or something like that where there's a lot of younger people driving those vehicles? What's it going to do to those types of businesses and the, the overall uh, service sector as the, we move forward with these insurance rates? Okay, the government says they're trying to put out 
the famous dumpster fire, as David Eby put it. They're losing, like, as you mentioned, like a billion bucks a year or more at ICBC. How much of this, how much of the blame do the liberals have to share for, for the mess over there? You guys were in power for 16 years. This thing's a dumpster fire. How much of that is down to you guys? Well, I think if you look at, uh, at a lot of the steps that were being taken, uh, management was being reined in and being brought under control in terms of uh, those expenditures, uh, efficiencies were being brought in. Uh, what we have saw over the last year alone, uh, there was a projected $900 million loss by this government. It turned out to be a $1.5 billion loss. And so uh, I would suggest that their, their own numbers and their own targets, they are not even coming close to hitting. And again, that comes down to who is going to pay. Um, you know, they've raised rates 15% over the last two years. They are telling yeah. people this is really meant to be more revenue neutral about getting things in line of, of bad drivers pay more, good drivers pay less. Well, right. it's revenue neutral. That's not helping ICBC's bottom line whatsoever. So we're going through this massive change for what? What it does do, it sets the table moving forward for these systems to be in place, for the tracking of who's driving your car by government, for making sure that they can then uh, just go through with slight rate changes uh, as they'll market them huh. into these different categories. And in year two, year three, year four is where you're really going to start seeing the spikes because they've been able to enable uh, the, the registration regulatory framework within this new system uh, to make that uh, much easier to slide in on people. How much, when you take a look at the mess over there, uh, how much... How much money did you guys take out of ICBC when you're in power? Because I, I think one of the problems is that the liberals were using ICBC basically like a piggy bank or an ATM machine. You guys would just dip in there and take money right out of it and put it into government revenue. How much did you guys take out of there? Uh, my understanding was that the money that were being brought out were being brought out from the optional side. Yeah, right. And, and, from and ICBC. again, those were being spent on, on government programs. How, so, much, how much did you guys take out? I don't actually know the number. I know. Come on, Peter, man. I don't know, you know the number. Much. I know I've heard so many different numbers, and that was before my time, frankly. I'm How about a billion? The future. I know the number is a billion dollars. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that. What do you sure. say about that? Well, I'll say that went to a billion dollars into other government programs out of the optional side of ICBC. And so, um, you know, at some point, yes, people still have to pay. We're all taxpayers. They're all government services that are going to need to be paid for. That has not uh, fundamentally created the problems that we're seeing right now. That didn't change the crash rates and, and things of that nature. Let, let me ask you this. What would you guys do should you form government again? I've, I've listened closely to what your leader, Andrew Wilkinson, has said. He's had a lot of criticism about ICBC. And there's some talk about maybe privatizing ICBC if you guys take over. Is that what you would do? What, what would you guys do? Well, I think there's no doubt that we have to take a serious look, and, and I think our party is, is fully on board with taking a serious look on how to make things more competitive for the consumer within uh, the insurance uh, product offerings uh, for auto oil. And, what and does that, what does that mean? Well, that means looking at everything. I mean, we already have, as, as when you go onto the calculator right now, you can calculate the basic, and then there's the optional. We already have optional that you place with private companies. Uh, we have basic, uh, you know, there is ways for governments to, to legislate what type of basic insurance you actually need to have and still allowing the private market to fill that, that area instead of just the optional side of things. Uh, we do not have governments stepping into the middle of home insurance policies and, and those types of insurance policies. Um, the day has come. Uh, the public has made it very clear that they want uh, their government to look at all options on how to give people the best options possible. For so insurance. that... It, does not mean that ICBC can't exist. It just means they may have to actually would, compete. Would you guys, 
would you guys allow private insurance companies to compete against ICBC for basic insurance? Well, that's what we have to look at, and that's what we why have can't, to. Why can't you? About. Are you going to look at it, or are you going to tell people what you're going to do? Well, fundamentally, two things. A, we're not in the midst of an election cycle unless the Premier went and knocked on the Lieutenant Governor's door today that I'm unaware of. Um, and so, obviously, some of these issues you do need to have the conversation on the lead-up to and, and part of a general election. The, the concept, though, is that we are more than open and more than willing to have those conversations and find the best way to give people the most competitive way to, to access insurance uh, that, so that they can go about their daily lives and their company's lives uh, in the most cost-effective way possible and give them the options and the range of, of options to be able to access. Um, you know, the, the fact that we brought in optional, I can remember back in the day when optional was first brought in and people had big concerns about that. The world has not spin, stopped spinning uh, within uh, BC insurance for auto. In fact, as we pointed out just earlier, uh, we were making a profit on the optional side. Uh, at ICBC. And so they were able to compete against uh, the private sector on the optional piece. Um, why what? we are clinging to basic and, uh, and tagging it the way we are um, in this day and age um, is something that we do have to have that serious are, look at and try to move forward with. Are you prepared for a big fight over this with the unions? Because Move Up, which is the union that represents the employees at ICBC, they're advertising already. I mean, I heard an ad here earlier on the show today from Move Up saying, beware of private auto insurance because they're going to make you pay more. And it'll be like it'll be like private health care in the United States. It's just going to bankrupt people. Well, I, I think you're always going to have uh, a vested interest on both sides uh, pushing their agenda. It's no surprise that the union uh, representing ICBC workers would want to protect their jobs, and, and that's actually their mandate to do exactly that. So that that doesn't surprise me, much like we're seeing, um, you know, the insurance associations and, and Aaron Sutherland's on the airwaves quite often. I think he was on your show earlier. He was, uh, yeah. Pressing the private uh, side of, of uh, point of view as well. Um, and so, you know, that's that's, you know, fair game, I guess. The point, though, is that polling after polling, year after year, as, as the increases continue to pile up in terms of people's uh, policies, um, people want to have that fully explored Can, option. We haven't yeah. seen that. Uh, Can, through this whole review, we haven't seen uh, David Eby and John Horgan take a serious look and present to the public why uh, going to the basic uh, open market would be such a problem. Here, here's what I hope you guys present to the public as we get closer to an election. And I take your point, we're, we're a ways off from an election, but you never know in a minority government situation that we're in now. Will you guys state very clearly what you're going to do, or is this going to be some gobbledygook kind of message that you give out that, oh, we're willing to look at it or just hint at it, or will you state very clearly what your plan is for ICBC, whether it's privatizing it, allowing private, full private sector competition? Will you be nice and clear to the voters so they know exactly what they're buying here? Well, that would be my expectation. I think that's oh, the voters' expectation. So, um, you know, I, I I would suggest to you that uh, for any policy that you're trying to present as, as a government in waiting, uh, the public has a right to know exactly what it is you're proposing to do. Right, And I don't right. see ICBC being any different. Good. I'm glad to hear you say that. Thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Anytime. Right. I appreciate it. That is Peter Millibar, liberal MLA, talking about changes at ICBC. What do you think about what he had to say?